Welcome to Financial R&R, a show dedicated to financial insurance and risk management solutions and trends shaping the market today. Here are your hosts, Ron Boris and Ryan Farnsworth. Hi, welcome everyone. This is Ron Boris with the Financial Institutions Practice at Alliant. And with me today, I have Glenn Morgan. Uh, Glenn leads our cryptocurrency and digital assets practice relative to financial institutions and, and all the other things that we're sort of focusing on from an insurance perspective. So uh, Glenn, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Really, really excited. We finally get to do this. Yeah, no. And, you know, obviously you've been focused on this now for, for a number of years. So why don't you just share with uh, our audience a little bit about, you know, what sort of attracted you to this space and, and maybe just a little background on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I've been a little bit of an, an enthusiast for, for a while now. I at my prior role at, a, at another brokerage firm, I had a kind of a moment where my personal interest uh, intersected with with what I was doing at work, where all those uh, annoying conversations I'd been having over at the water cooler finally caught up with me. And you know, some larger financial institutions getting into the space needed somebody to kind of talk from uh, knowledge of a background and understanding that was really lacking around our group at the time. And, and so that kind of, you know, made me realize that, that this could be something that I focus on in our career. And when you guys hired me about three and a half years ago, um, you know, that's something I told you guys and, and has always been something that felt support from here at Alliance. So it's been uh, quite some time, really excited to, to get the ball moving here. Yeah, well, we've been thrilled with what you've been able to do for us so far, Glenn, really kind of leading uh, the, the, the this charge and initiative. As we know, the insurance marketplace for crypto and digital assets is, is not an easy one. I think uh, there's a lot of reasons for that, um, many of which we're going to talk about today. And you know, I think what we're trying to do uh, at Alliant is uh, address the, the, the issues and the topics a little bit differently than, than, than what some of the other brokers might be doing. So you know, listen, maybe you can just talk a little bit about the developing narratives, right? I mean, we got crypto or Bitcoin trading at what, five-year or, or 10-year highs or maybe all-time highs, um, probably, you know, over what, a hundred different currencies out there and probably growing by the day. So what do you think right now, um, you know, underwriters are, are most concerned with? What do you think the biggest challenges are in the space relative to trying to find insurance for, for, for some of these risks? Yeah, well, there's a there's a lot to unpack there because you know for for underwriters, I think that one of the leading focuses for them right now is regulatory risks, and and alongside that, for an industry that you know I think Bitcoin is is just over a trillion dollar asset class, and um, you know that that definitely gets the attention of, of regulators and people around the industry, but you know also the the amount of news and press that comes along with with these crypto companies. Um, is tremendously outpaces its size in the market. So, you know, along with there just being difficult technical complexities to go along with with certain types of risks and a you know a new way to think about certain types of financial institutions and how to custody assets um, and everything the like. Insurers are also faced with you know a lot of attention from you know all sides of the market and and not all of that is is good. So, you know, when you have, I think the last time we came around to this, you know, a, a big surge in a bull market, we had the, the ICO boom of, of 2017, where for, for a lot of people, um, what seemed like this revolutionary way to, to now raise assets, anybody with 
even just a modest technical competency could create a token and start raising funds. And that created a, a, a host of, you know, even people with good intentions, just, you know, more or less fraudulent projects that, you know, were, were deemed as violation of the, the SEC Securities Act. And were ultimately, you know, the, the SEC came down on them with a pretty heavy hand. And I think that still leaves a, a really bad taste in a lot of insurers' mouths. Sure. Yeah, no, and uh, as we know, um, you know, liability risk is 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 a hard enough class for for underwriters to to really articulate exposures and and and, and so on. From your experience in working with clients and, and prospects, you know, there's a variety of different products that that we talk about that they need to to run their business and give people the comfort that um, if for some reason things were to get challenging and claims or, or, or losses were to happen, um, there's an insurance policy to fall back on. I knew early on we were doing a lot of, um, you know, fidelity type insurance, crime insurance for theft of, of tokens, you know, sort of people who were able to breach um, certain mechanisms and, and potentially steal Bitcoin. We've now moved into more Arizona emissions type coverage. You have, you know, cyber insurance, certainly, and then you have directors and officers liability insurance for companies that are launching platforms and, and having ICOs. Can you just talk a little bit about each of those products and what stage we're at with the various markets? You know, what are people mostly buying? Are they buying Fidelity Insurance? Are they buying E&O? Yeah, absolutely. It's good that you brought up the Fidelity risk and the custody solution. So that's probably still makes up the largest portion of the crypto insurance marketplace is, you know, they don't have the the usual protection as you know typical qualified custodians the benefit of the FDIC so in in crypto where you know they've turned and you know largely to give investors confidence in institutions that they can have security of their assets is towards the the specie market to provide limits for protection of assets that are in custody and when i mean you know the specie market uh, the way the way that you could think about it is the same as you would have a market for fine art or, or jewelry, where what you're actually insuring is the the physical loss or destruction of private keys that are in cold storage. That's a you know a little bit of a technical sense there, but just to unpack that a little bit further, it means that technically once assets, once crypto assets are taken offline, there could be stored on a drive or a, a device, a, a hardware wallet that's disconnected from any type of connection to the internet and then stored just like you would put, you know, a, a diamond ring or a gold bar in a, in a security deposit box. So, you know, that has been used a number of ways by insureds to, you know, not only provide additional protection to investors through, you know, above and beyond their very robust uh, security protocols, but also um, gives them the ability to to market their services to institutions or individuals who are you know less less certain about the the overall security of their assets um, that are not backed by the government like you know traditional assets are. And that's a big deal, right, Glenn? I mean, if you think about banks and you think of broker dealers. Um, you have, you know, federal backstops, whether it's uh, the FDIC or, or CIPIC, mm -hmm. you know, in, in the crypto space, I think, you know, or at least from what I've been part of, and certainly would love your perspective on this, I think 
uh, the digital uh, asset and crypto community is trying to create a similar type of platform because I think there's a lot of fear about you know, you know could somebody steal my my virtual currency and if they did steal my virtual currency you know what's going to protect me from that potential loss right and absolutely and that and that you know is is extremely important on the institutional basis because you could also have you know retail individuals who you know have different risk tolerance and and don't have to answer or or even family offices that aren't having you know as as high of a requirement to their investors and a fiduciary duty to their investors to protect and safeguard those assets so you know what we've seen you know through with with many of our large asset management clients is that a lot of people who you know run these companies and you know, they've had personal interest in crypto for a long time, but just now as, you know, the, this bull run has, has come on and, you know, it's getting a lot more institutional press and adoption. It now becomes much larger real conversation for them to have with their investors, realistically saying that, you know, it's, it's not as much of, you know, why did you invest in, in crypto, but it's why haven't you yet? Because, you know, this, this seems like, you know, a large, a large asset class that more or less here to stay. And I think that narrative is starting to ring true, but to, to circle back to the other part of your question regarding the, the errors, emissions and, and directors and officers, part of the coverage, I think you're right in that we have been seeing a, a larger uptick for investment firms needing to obtain these coverages for their management and professional services, to their investors. And that's been extremely tough over the, the last you know, four years, because as we mentioned, with all the headline risk and all the, the uncertain regulatory environment and em- emerging technical projects that it might not have as you know, robust of a leadership team, that's something that the insurance industry is taking it very slow with. And you know, I think that we've seen this in other areas before that you know, when there's not any historical data to point to, the insurers are not able to use the the same data-driven approach that, you know, maybe they could on auto insurance or commercial liability coverage because they just don't have the loss. So they have to rely on other things. And what do they know about these companies? And, you know, what can they glean from their management team? And, And how well can we do as brokers in helping underwriters understand their business and and understand their leadership and, and what they're trying to do. Uh, that, that's great, Glenn. What does the, the current market look like? Um, is, it, is there uh, a lot of interest in the US? Is it, is it London? Is it Bermuda? What, what does the current market landscape look like? Yeah, I would say that it's it's developed a lot. Um, you know, people have have certainly you know initially uh, there was not really an affirmative company policy, so you know we saw a variety of participants. You know, around the the 2017 time, which has become much more developed and and constricted domestically, companies have affirmative policies. There's many that you know does not comply with their reinsurance requirements to be able to to invest or to to provide capital for different types of crypto organizations. But then there's also firms that have you know dedicated teams and individuals who really given themselves to the space and try to understand that the environment and, and the special services that, that these clients are offering, and they have been able to provide limited domestic capacity. And then, you know, we've also throughout this time relied 
a lot on London for solutions where the rest of the market lab behind. And, and more recently, you know, they've, they've been a player in the past, but more recently have, have put a strong foot forward in, in Bermuda and developing some really forward thinking, creative underwriting solutions that um, the market's been lacking. Yeah, no, that, that, that's great, Glenn. As you know, um, you know, at Alliant, we're always looking for the more rewarding way to help clients manage risk. And you know, I know we're all about trying to do things differently um, and, and certainly challenging the markets. Um, you, you know, what have we been doing to really sort of build that market, right? I mean, in many cases, I, I sort of say brokers have um, a role within the, the insurance industry to, to not only just place insurance in an existing market, but help develop market, right? Bring, bring certain people to the table to help underwriters get more comfortable with the risks that they're underwriting too. So can you give us just some examples of some of the things that we've been trying to do to sort of lead the, the way and try to get more uh, markets to, to consider offering products and solutions to folks in this industry? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, as, as our, as, as brokers, you know, part of our job is to be, you know, advisors to the client. And part of our job is to, you, to, to help them best articulate their, their message in a way that's favorable to the underwriting community. And then on the other side of that, it's educating the underwriting community to make sure that not only do they just understand our specific clients, but they understand others, other peers within that industry sector or within that type of business. You know, I think that, you know, as far as as far as our process goes, it's, it's similar to other lines of coverage, but it requires just a, a lot more in-depth handholding. And, and when I say handholding, it's not to, the, you know, to say that there's, there's a, a gap in knowledge between us and the insurers, but there's a big difference between you know, somebody who really goes the extra mile to, to help those un- particular underwriters you know, understand a business model. You know, to, to give a quick example, I had a was was reminded of this the other day on on a client with a you know a certain crypto fund, and um, we were having our underwriter meeting to to showcase our client to underwriting community, and they went on this really long process of talking about their investment thesis and and what their strategy was, and you know for for me you know I had to take a beat for a minute because. It felt like we might have been getting too technical. It might we might have been spending too too much time, you know, outside of the usual context of an underwriter meeting that's that's more focused on you know different high level perspectives of the management team, getting more into the numbers. But we just focused hard on you know what their their core investment thesis was, and coming away from that, I got overwhelmingly positive feedback from a lot of markets who were not involved very much in the crypto space. So, you know, kind of the, the lesson learned there is, is the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, we really have to ha- have each individual underwriter ready and willing to spend their time to make a pitch internally to advocate for the clients that we need to place business for. So even if somebody is, is very crypto savvy, um, understands the industry and the ins and outs, it's still such a new industry with so many different folds that, you know, we really have to spend the time to get the underwriters comfortable with the client, get the client comfortable with the underwriters and, you know, have the insurers at the end of the day willing to, to advocate for, you know, the different, the different companies out there. 
you know, that, that, that's great. And, um, you know, as leaders in, in this space, you know, it, it's kind of our, our responsibility, our obligation to, to bring an awareness to, to the sector, to provide, um, you know, forums, to share thoughts and ideas relative to firms that are trying to address certain types of exposures. So Glenn, we're, we're coming up to about the, the end of our time here. Um, but before we go, it'd be great to just hear from, from your perspective. Um, you know, we're making tons of investments in this segment in the area of, of, of talent and resources, but you know, what could the folks here who are listening right now expect to, to hear from us uh, over the course of the next you know, six to 12 months? Yeah, no, and, and uh, really excited that we've, we've been able to, to put more into our efforts in this space. And, and you know, as, as we've discussed, like as part of our roles as educators here, one of the things we're going to keep doing is, is rolling forward with this podcast, kind of working to do a little bit of a mini series to approach the industry from different angles, from a claims and regulatory perspective, from the insurer's perspective, um, from, from client's perspective, really just trying to get into all different angles and, and provide an easy forum for folks to listen along and, and see where the industry is at today. Aside from that, you know, we'll be, you know, as you mentioned, having more resources internally and putting out content like articles and white papers, but just really excited to put forward more focus in this area moving forward and, and be able to have our group big, be a part of it. No, that, that's great, Glenn. And like I said, I'm, I'm really looking forward to your leadership, you working with the, the various resources and folks that we've brought together to, to sort of partner with you in this initiative. Um, thanks for taking the time here. And I look forward to hearing a lot more from you and, and the team uh, in, in, in the area of uh, you know, digital uh, currency and, and crypto. You know, thanks everyone for listening in today. And thank you, Glenn, for, for making the time. Please look out for our next episode. And for more information, you can visit www.alliant.com or feel free to reach out to myself or Glenn directly uh, with any information regarding anything we covered today. But thanks for listening.